He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. We're seeing a cost per lead anywhere between two to three hundred dollars. So this doesn't count your organic traffic that's coming in through your website. This doesn't count potentially a referral from a you know realtor. This doesn't count a referral from somebody else. But just the proactive direct mail, proactive PPC, any list-based retargeting through Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, things like that. We're seeing an average cost per lead of like two hundred to three hundred dollars, which at first blush sounds higher. Man, I'm paying that kind of money for it, but. If you go through the math of it and go through the calculations, it actually is well worth it. We're typically seeing a conversion rate, and it really depends. It depends on your program. It depends on the, the closing capabilities of the person that's actually answering the phone, things like that. But we're seeing conversion rates anywhere between 10 and 25%. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks. But if you have a little quiet get-together that kind of gets out of hand, like this, then NoiseAware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you and your property, and of course, your profits, are protected. So use my code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off of all noise monitoring devices and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now, thank you for checking out Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Get back to the episode. And don't forget to check out Noise Aware while you're listening. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And I have the man, myth, and legend, Brooke, who is the founder of Vintory, back on the show today. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me again. Of course. Yeah, we've uh, been chatting recently. You're part of the uh, Hospitality FM family. So, uh, of course, it was just a natural uh, effect to just say, hey, let's get you back on the podcast Let's geek out about some inventory and what that looks like in the vacation rental space when it comes to value. Um, for any of the listeners that didn't hear Brooke's story prior to today, you need to go back and check out the first episode that we're going to link in the show notes just because it's that good. Um, and I think we were going over the five top hacks to grow your inventory mm-hmm. and up to even um, up your website. I remember we did a lot of the changes that we talked about on the podcast on our website, and uh, it's been really great for uh, for our business. So. Great. Yeah, you got some good stuff and good content. Glad you liked it. Of course. 
Well, uh, before we jump into uh, you know the value of new inventory and value of inventory as a vacation rental management company, can you just give us a, a snapshot of kind of your founding story, getting into the space, getting into vacation rentals, and then of course starting Ventory and realizing like there's nobody doing this and we really need to, to, to take over? Yeah. And uh, so I've stumbled into it like most people do uh, back in 2007, uh, started a vacation rental company in Ocean City, Maryland called Vantage Resort Realty. Uh, built that company pretty quickly. We grew it to about 500 properties under management. Uh, I exited that that business in 2013 and really just been focused in really all things inventory acquisition uh, ever since then. And it was something that I, I really enjoyed. And it was something that I was blessed to be, you know, pretty good at. And uh, about three years ago, uh, coming this March first, uh, had the idea to, to launch Inventory. And the the mission of Inventory from the beginning was to really level the playing field. Right? It's to um, help professional vacation rental managers grow their inventory. So take all the resources, take all the tools, take all the systems and processes and team that these large venture backed companies have, but bring it down to the average mom and pop shop, if you will. And allow them go, you know, head to head, toe to toe against the big, the big boys, uh, and that's what we've done. So, how much has changed from when you grew 500 properties in your property management company to what you guys are doing and seeing with inventory clients and and just what you guys created? Because you have your own custom CRM, like you're you're really building something unique, and there's nobody in the space doing it. So, what are the big changes from when you were doing it to now how you're helping others? Oh yeah, I mean, well, lots changed. I mean, first off, I was uh, I was the guy using Excel, uh, you know. And I, I, funny thing is, I went to many of the property management software companies and asked them to build a CRM, like an owner CRM, if you will, and none of them would. So literally, I was just using uh, Excel, and I didn't really have a lot of the digital marketing uh, expertise that we do, you know, on our team right now. Um, so we were just doing traditional, uh, you know, direct mail was really our our key thing. But we just continued to do it. We saw the value of it uh, that and we're going to talk about that today. Right. And that LTV, you know, lifetime value to CAC customer acquisition cost. And uh, it paid off and we just kept on doubling down on it. And luckily, the there wasn't a lot of other sophisticated you know, marketers in our in our market either. Uh, and honestly, there's not a ton of them today uh, other than uh, the partners that you know we partner up with. Awesome. Well, let's jump uh, right in. I know we have a little bit of a uh, a sheet uh, to go off of because this is all very new for me, and I love that you you helped organize this. Um, so let's go into you know the value of new inventory, the value of inventory. What are the metrics? What do we need to look at as property managers, and what do we need to understand um, from an industry perspective? Because I I know you and I have chatted a little bit, and you know there's really no one educating anybody about this you know, this segment of vacation rentals. Um, you just told me a story, you know, someone for 30 years has run a successful vacation rental management company still never knew the value of adding a new property to her program. So, uh, yeah, tell us, tell us all about this. Yeah. So, and, and that's the kind of the first part of it, right. Is like, you know, understanding the value of inventory. Most vacation rental managers that I've met have never gone through the exercise of actually doing this. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't even go through this exercise, you know, when I had Vantage. Um, so I, I feel it's so important to understand what one property is worth, not only from the annuity aspect of it, but also from the, you know, if and when you decide to sell your company, you're going to get a check for every one of those management contracts, because that is the true value of the company. So 
Um, what we're going to talk about today is, again, we're going to talk about the annuity aspect evaluation of it. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, what some of these contracts are going for at, at sale when you when you if and when you do decide to sell your company. And we'll talk about some of the key metrics uh, based you know, around that. So first up. So I've asked this question, you know, <laughs> probably close to 200 times. And what I do is I ask the average vacation rental manager what falls to the bottom line as a percentage of their gross booking revenue. So this would be like the owner rent, right? This is your gross booking revenue before taxes and fees. And typically, if after asking this, you know, like I said, close to 200 times, the average always comes out to about 10% of gross booking revenue. So if you have a property that's doing $36,000 in gross booking revenue, multiply mm -hmm. that times 10%, you're going to get $3,600 in margins or net profit, right? Um, and the, here's the irony, Will. It doesn't matter if you're a property manager in Vail charging 50% or you're a company like I was in Ocean City charging 13 to 16% in commissions. The net always comes out to be about 10%. Now, you do have some outliers. This last couple of years have been really strong years for people. So we've seen that inch up a little bit. Um, you know, closer to 11, 12, 13%. Uh, but typically we see about 10% uh, across the board. But here's the thing. You don't keep a property in your rental program for one year, hopefully, right? <laughs> hopefully you keep in your rental program for, for many, many years. And, uh, you know, people, you know, have a hard time at, well, I don't know. I've got some properties that have been in my rental program since I started, you know, 20 years ago. And I have some properties that literally churn or, or leave your rental program the, the second year. But the, the, the best way to understand what is that lifetime in years is to take an average. So look at the last maybe two to three years and say, what percentage of my inventory do I lose in a given year? And what we found across the board is the average is about 10%, right? 10% of the inventory ends up leaving. Now, this you know last year with the hot real estate market, that number got a little bit inflated. But if you take an average over two to three years, you're looking about 10%. So to understand what your lifetime is, you just take one divided by your churn rate, which in this case, their average is 10%, and that gives you a 10-year lifetime. So you have this property that's making you, let's say, $3,600, uh, a property doing $36,000 in gross booking revenue. You make $3,600 in year one. You keep that property in your, uh, in your rental program for 10 years. The lifetime value is $36,000 in profits. So here's the thing, though, right? You know, quick little, obviously, you probably recognize some of those numbers. If you fall in line with the industry averages of 10% uh, gross margins, net margins, and 10% churn, your gross, your gross booking revenue becomes your lifetime value, right? So if you have a property that you just sign up, Will, let's say you sign up this killer new property, it's doing 50000 in gross booking revenue. Well, you know immediately if you fall within the industry averages, your lifetime value in profits is going to be 50,000. You sign up another property that's doing 100,000, you know that the lifetime value in that property is $100,000 in net profits. That's amazing if you think about that. One property is worth, you know, potentially $100,000. So, how bi how big of an impact is that, you know, cuz we're seeing companies get acquired or go public for insane valuation numbers. Granted, they also have a great inventory scale amount. Um, so you know, but a hundred thousand dollars to like a small management company, let's say, has fifty-five homes, and they're you know, let's say their average is you know seventy to eighty thousand dollars of lifetime value, and how does that impact their their um, you know, their uh, what do you call it acquisition? Like if they're getting purchased, so if they're if they're selling the business, um, what does that equal to? And does it just equal that you know hundred thousand dollars to the seventy eight thousand dollars that they're 
Yeah. Right? So you're if you're talking about the value of a property at exit, right? Yeah. It's going to be typically there's multiple formulas you can do, but typically the average way the most companies are acquiring other management companies, it's a multiple on earnings. And just okay. to be clear, you know, uh, you know, Jacoby Olin, uh, C2G Advisors is who we recommend for all M&A transactions. He does a fantastic job and he obviously knows this much better than us. He could give an entire course on this. But typically at a very high level, we typically see anywhere between three to five and a half times your EBITDA, right? Your, your, your profits is yeah, what correct. ends up becoming the, um, you know, the, the multiple, uh, multiple there. So if you have a, that same example we took from before a $36,000, uh, gross booking revenue property, and you have $3,600 in EBITDA or net profits, you multiply that times, let's just call it four. It's kind of like an average. You're looking at a little over $14,000 is the value of that one contract when you decide to sell your company. So think about that. You're making yeah. this annuity over the life of the property. And then boom, when you're ready to sell, you go ahead and sell. You're getting a $14,000 check for every one of those properties. So you go sign up, Will, 10 properties this year that are all doing those numbers. You're going to get an extra $144,000 when you when you go to exit. If you go uh, you know, generate you know 20 properties uh, this year, you're going to get an extra $288,000 uh, when you go to sell your, your company. Let's just say you want to reverse engineer this. Let's say, you know what? I want to have a million. I want to get an extra million dollars at retirement because I want to buy this big boat or I want to buy this big house. Right. Just reverse engineer it. Right. <laughs> a million uh, divided by fourteen thousand four hundred per property. And you're looking at 70 properties. So, you know, if you get an extra 70 properties over the next call it two to three years, you're going to get an extra million dollars when you go to sell your business. So it's it's think with the end in mind. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And so what are your, the biggest I don't know, for vacation rental managers, like you were, we've been kind of talking, like you're having to educate a lot of people on this stuff. Um, what is the biggest piece that they're missing when they're signing up properties? Are they undervaluating the property when they sign them? Are they, you know, I don't know, what what's the, the biggest, I guess, mistake when it comes to the property managers getting their, their inventory and then realizing, you know, when it comes to exit or be acquired that, you know, they maybe potentially left money on the table or... I don't well, know. I'm just I think it's just they, they don't know that how valuable this inventory is, right? So they're they don't have a system in place to add properties to the rental program. They're not, you know, they don't have a proactive campaign to go out there and acquire new properties. They don't have a, a, a you know, they're not doing some of the basics. Like they're optimizing for guest reservations, they're optimizing their website for bookings. But on the owner acquisition, a lot of times you can't even find a good property management page on their website. It's buried under the menu structure, right? And this is what one of our strategies we talked about last time. It's like have a really good landing page to acquire these leads and then have a good system to follow up on it, right? You know, if, if I think if you understand how valuable every one of those contracts are, you're going to think a little bit differently. You're going to put different systems in place to capture those leads and convert them and hire a business development person potentially. You know, if if you don't have the bandwidth to do it and many, look, I've been in their shoes. I understand how busy you know, the average property manager is. You know, you've, you're juggling 14 different things and inventory acquisition becomes one of those things that's important, but not urgent. So it doesn't get done. But if you recognize and you're one of those people that you don't have the bandwidth to do this because you are waking up at 5 a.m. and work until 10 o'clock every night, hire a business development person to, to do it for you. And they will pay for themselves. The math pencils out. The ROI is there. If you hire the right person, they will pay for themselves 10x. I guarantee it. And obviously sign up for Ventory and, and have you guys <laughs> give them a class. Shameless, 
Shameless plug, yes. Or if you don't have the bandwidth, just hire us and we will help you with uh, your inventory acquisition needs. 100%. Well, I, I, uh, I want to ask you about, because I've seen you talk about on uh, on LinkedIn, you know, the the value of a property via Vacasa. So going through the Vacasa documents and the decks and all the, uh, you know, all the numbers that we're seeing with, with you know, acquisitions and, and inventory. Uh, so what does it look like when it comes to a property value in, in a big company like Vacasa? Um, and we could probably even one of these days go into Sonder as they just went public mm-hmm. and all this other stuff too. But just kind of curious for these big boys, the, the big, the big competitors that really eat everybody's lunch, um, you know, for the, maybe the smaller property manager from 10 to, to let's say 150, um, you know, what does that look like for them to, in order to kind of, I guess, maybe use them as a comparison? Yeah. And so first off, I love the fact that uh, Vacasa is public now because they have to disclose um, information. So it definitely makes it a lot, a lot easier. But um, before we get into Vacasa, just in general, you know, the value of a contract at exit, we talked about kind of these multiples. But what I've seen from, you know, we, we had an M&A division, you know, mergers and acquisitions division. So we saw a lot of deals, but I've seen them anywhere from as low as $7,000 a contract to as high as $50,000 per contract. But the range is typically high teens, maybe call it $20,000 to $30,000. So I want everyone to think as soon as you sign up a new property, you just think of it as like, boom, I'm getting another, you know, 20 to 30K when I go to sell this business. I mean, that's, there's an extra check, you know? So again, see the value of that. But um, what we saw from Vacasa acquiring a couple of these companies, when Vacasa purchased uh, Wyndham, they paid $18,000 per contract. Well, when in in the uh, investor deck that July uh, that was published this past July from Vacasa, which is a great read if anyone has a chance, uh, and I'm sure you can post it uh, in the notes here. Well, it's just you get some really information, good information, especially if you read some of the fine print. But their corporate development, so that means their M and A, they are averaging a twenty one thousand dollars per contract is what it's costing them. So Vacasa as from, I think from the beginning, if I'm not mistaken, they're averaging 21 K per contract, but here's the, here's the interesting fact. They, they also put uh, published on that uh, investor deck. They're still getting a 25% IRR post acquisition, even after paying $21,000 per contract. So they're still super profitable, um, even paying that kind of money for it. Um, and then, I mean, the the really the bellwether uh, was when Vacasa purchased Turnkey. They paid Will a hundred and three thousand dollars per contract. Absolutely un- unbelievable. So again, there's value in contracts. There's value in contracts. There's value in contracts. So why were they paying so much in the Turnkey, you know, contracts when theirs are you know only what twenty? You said twenty one thousand. So why why is Turnkey so so high? I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, there's obviously lots of theories and things like that. And I don't know what was in, you know, uh, you know, I, I wasn't in the board deck when they were, uh, or in the boardroom when they made that decision. Um, obviously, you know, turnkey, you know, supposedly has a lot of technology, uh, that, so that gave them a little bit of a bump. So maybe, you know, you can, you can kind of factor that out of it. Uh, cause again, Vacasa, when they went public, they were trying to, um, you know, position themselves as a technology uh, company so they can get a higher multiple than a traditional, you know, property management type company. So, um, yeah, and I'm sure there was some other synergies that they that they had on there, but it was a it was a pretty significant number, that's for sure. And and I'm sure they got a nice boost once they went public. Uh, they got a they got a they got a boost on that. So it you know it made sense. Trust me, they've Picasso has a lot of smart people uh, that that understand this, and and they didn't 
they didn't do that. Uh, there was a strategic reason for sure. Yeah, oh, I can imagine. Um, just a random kind of question, because we've been seeing, I think you probably even saw it at um, VRMA when you and I got to meet in person, was you know we're seeing a lot of property management companies actually shift, not maybe not fully away, but some of them fully away from management operations to tech. What's your overall thoughts on that? Is it just a valuation play or is it finally, you know, just maybe from what you're hearing from property managers that are inventory is that the technology is so scattered throughout the industry, um, having 20, you know, different tabs on your web browser to log into and connect to and granted, yeah, they talk to each other and connect to the, you know, property management software and all this other stuff, but um, still have to log in individually for all these, all these accounts. Um, is it because that's finally a problem that people are just trying to solve or do you think it's really a big valuation play? Hey, Emmanuel, what are you doing in this episode? Did I forget a meeting? Hey, Will. No, we don't have a meeting, but I love tuning into the recording. So I figured I'd hop in. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, since I got you here, do you mind sharing some stuff about Jetstream? Ever since our episode on Slick Talk, we get tons of questions about you and of course, Jetstream. Of course, I'd love to share anything specific. Well, I keep getting asked, what's the difference between Jetstream and any other service or tech in the vacation rental industry? My simple answer is that Jetstream isn't just the tech you need, but it's the people too. Am I close? The short answer is yes. You see, maybe you're a short-term rental operator or a realtor or an investor. If you have an interest in short-term rentals and hospitality, you're looking for the most efficient way to either enter the industry or streamline your operations. You've got two options. Option one, the hard one. You find a PMS, hire staff, learn the tools, figure out OTA distribution, train yourself, train your teams, price your product, deal with customers, and you do everything yourself. Option two, partner with Jetstream. Jetstream is a complete solution that maximizes your revenue in the short-term rental industry without increasing your fixed costs. Jetstream handles everything. So I don't need to sign up for vacation rental software or worry about distribution headaches. And what about branding? What if operators love their brand and name? Do they have to give that up in order to be powered by Jetstream? Absolutely not. Jetstream does all of this white labeled under your brand name. Everything. You focus on delivering on-site guest delight and growing your inventory. Jetstream handles the rest. And to make it even easier for your listeners and anyone else who stumbles across this podcast, anyone who mentions code SLICKTALK50 will receive 50% off the first three months. All right. Coming in big with the 50% off for our listeners. Well, hey, Emmanuel, I just want to say thank you so much for shedding some light on the power of Jetstream and being such a great industry partner. I do have to get back to this episode, though. But let's get together soon for another virtual happy hour. First round's on me. Sounds good, Will. See you soon. Well, the one of my there was a editorial written by Mark Andreessen uh, over I think a little over a decade ago. And if you don't know who Mark Andreessen is, he runs the largest VC firm out in Silicon Valley, Andreessen Horowitz. He also uh, was the founder of Netscape. Uh, okay. And he wrote this article that said software is eating the world. And again, this was 10 years ago. And what he you know, talks about, and I highly recommend everybody reads it because it's really amazing to see what he kind of forecasted, you know, a decade ago. 
And he talks about how in the future, there will not be software companies and non-software companies. Every company will be a software company in some capacity. I mean, look at even like Tesla is a perfect example, right? I mean, Tesla really is a software company, you know, uh, it just happens to be a, in the, the form of a car. Um, and even if you look at additional, you know, car manufacturers, they're all, they're all going that way. And, and supposedly, you know, Apple is getting into uh, autos as well. And we'll see what happens. But it just, I think the future of all companies will definitely have a, a, a huge technology base. And I, I love technology personally. Um, you know, we started really as a marketing agency, but shifted uh, into technology. And that was part of our play all along because it's, it's infinitely scalable, right? Uh, it's bits versus atoms, right? You know, it's just, it's more code. You know, you really don't, to, to scale a business, you can do it much more efficiently in a software uh, manner than you can. And, and uh, you know, um, actually having people and, and uh, you know, hard assets and things like that. So I, I think eventually every company will end up evolving to that. I mean, just look at the number of, I would say just in your business right now, Will, count the number of software tools that you're using uh, and it's it's pretty amazing. And I know I was just going through an expense review we do every quarter. And I was just like it was it blew my mind how many different subscription software companies that we had <laughs> even on I, our on our platform. Yeah, no, I, I'm doing the same thing. And I was just even looking at Spotify. Everyone, when they hear the word Spotify, they think either, you know, Joe Rogan or uh, Call Me Daddy or whatever these big podcasts are. But then if you actually look, they actually have they own three other software platform companies, one called Megaphone and one called Anchor, uh, addressing two different markets on the audio spectrum, listeners mm -hmm. or creators and then uh, advertisers. And, and then, of course, Spotify is their listener platform. So it's really interesting if you think about like everyone just thinks that Spotify is a podcast player, but there's also these different facets, mm -hmm. that different, you know, uh, maybe audiences in the in the audio or audio space. So. Yeah, 100%. Very, uh, very much so a software business uh, along the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm kind of curious for hacks. I, I know we kind of went into this um, our first episode, you know, hacks on how to uh, create the best property manager uh, landing page. That was really important. Um, again, like I said, we applied all of that to our business and the landing page is probably the owner's page is actually probably better than the guest page. But at the end of the day, uh, that's what we're trying to grow is we, we get bookings all day long. We don't need to worry about that. We definitely need more inventory. So for those who are in that same mindset, they're not worried about their calendars. The owners aren't worried about their payouts for their properties. The property managers are worried about getting more inventory uh, and maybe even some real estate investors that are handing off these properties to to managers. So what are the biggest hacks in the sense of growing inventory, growing that lifetime value inside of a contract? So how what are some hacks on how to grow your inventory? I mean, yeah. is that specifically? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> wow. We, well, I would say the first thing to do is listen to the last episode we did, and we, we highlighted five different hacks. But I mean, look, I could literally talk for hours and hours and hours on different strategies and things like that. But, you know, just real quickly, just highlight, I'll kind of give a little tease. Uh, so update the landing page, right? You talked about that. That's You already have this organic traffic already coming to your website. Optimize it, right? You know, make sure you're capturing that. Have a form uh, above the fold. 
you know, have a meeting scheduler uh, link on there. Make it easy, easy, easy to book an appointment with you. Second thing is follow up. When we secret shopped over 100 vacation home management companies, most of the time, nobody actually even responded to us. Wow. <laughs> so that's that's a big uh, that's a big one. Um, use some kind of CRM to track leads. Right. We, we've seen a lot of our partners will up to 50 percent of their deals are actually coming from uh, from leads that were in uh, the long term nurturing sequence at one point. Um, direct mail, direct mail still works. You know, it's vacation rental industry is one of the few industries where direct mail still works. Uh, but the key is going to be consistency. Just continue to drip, 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 get your ICP, your ideal customer profile, uh, get the data. Uh, and there's a lot of other, I mean, we could do an entire session just on data, but just continuously drip out, uh, the direct mail, whether it's postcards, whether it's uh, simple uh, letters, whether it's, uh, even just informational, like, right, like leverage some data from key data dashboards and push it out there, um, you know, and just position yourself as the authority, as a leader in the space. And, you know, look, people are in different phases of the buyer journey. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you just want to move them along, uh, you know, so you want to continually drip and people are not ready. The good thing with direct mail, too, is it has a long shelf life. We see because we track every one of our calls. All, every every campaign we have has a call tracking uh, phone number on it. We see people calling a year, a year and a half afterwards uh, from some of these postcard campaigns uh, that we do. Um, and then you know, you have digital, you know, there's lots of digital campaigns manage the uh, PPC. The problem with PPC is it, it, it just there's not a lot of search volume. So you want to really have a long tail. You want to have a lot of different uh, key uh, uh, search terms that you're uh, pulling for. Um, but again, and then you got to make sure you're sending them to a really optimized landing page that uh, that's really optimized for conversions. Um, I could go on and on and on. Uh, referrals. Uh, referrals are huge. Uh, you know, um, you know, build out all these campaigns that you're doing for guests. Guess what we do? We actually put those same exact uh, marketing strategies, but we go after realtors because realtors are the number one uh, referral source. And don't be afraid to pay referral fees. Um yeah. You know, it's it, when you look at the CAC, right? It's kind of like the OTA, uh, uh, you know, conversation. Like you have an acquisition cost for a guest. Well, guess what? You have an acquisition cost, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here for the owners. And uh, don't be afraid to pay uh, a realtor for that referral fee. Hundred percent. I was just going to say that, and I'm glad that you brought up CAC. So can you explain? Because you said some terms in the beginning of the episode. Uh, you know, when it covers, you know, all these, you know inventory uh, metrics, right? So what is CLPL or CPL and CAC? And then of course we have LTV and CAC, uh, just for the listeners that this is all brand new, you know, uh, you and I could probably use all these acronyms, you know, when it comes to REVPAR, <laughs> revenue management, all these other things too. Uh, but just to make it easy, let's, uh, let's jump into these, uh, these terms and what they mean. Yeah. And I apologize. It, you know, obviously there's lots of, and I could totally nerd out on these things. I love inventory metrics. I literally could talk. I've, I've given a session uh, at uh, uh, Amy's uh, data and revenue management conference, all about vacation uh, metrics. Uh, actually, we've, we've got a webinar on our, our website. If anybody wants to really drill down to it, it's, it's pretty cool if you're a nerd like me. So, but CPL stands for cost per lead, right? It's pretty simple, right? What's your average cost per lead? CAC uh, or customer acquisition cost. Um, you know, how much does it cost you to acquire a new customer? And then LTV is lifetime value. So what is that? We talked about this before. What is that lifetime value of a, uh, of a new contract coming into your program? And then kind of the, the holy grail of all metrics is the LTV to CAC ratio. So it's kind of like just taking, you know, what does it cost you to, it's kind of like unit economics, right? What does it cost you to acquire a new property? Uh, and then what is the lifetime value of that property? And you kind of come up with a ratio. We can talk about the, you know, each one of these, but what we're seeing 
across the board from, you know, paid, um, you know, deals and leads, we're seeing a cost per lead anywhere between two to $300. So this doesn't count your organic traffic that's coming in through your website. This doesn't count, you know, potentially a referral from a, you know, realtor. This doesn't count a referral from somebody else, but just the proactive direct mail, proactive PPC, any, you know, list-based retargeting through uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, things like that. We're seeing an average cost per lead, like 200 to $300, which at first blush sounds kind of higher. Like, man, I'm paying that kind of money for it. But if you go through the math of it and kind of go through the calculations, it actually is well worth it. We're typically seeing a conversion rate and it really depends, right? It depends on your program. It depends on the, the, the closing capabilities of the person that's actually answering the phone, things like that. But we're seeing conversion rates anywhere between 10 and 25%. So if you get 100 leads in, you're going to close anywhere between 10 to 25 of those. So that puts a CAC, a customer acquisition cost, if you kind of follow the math on that, of anywhere between $1,000 and $3,000 uh, per new property. Now, it depends on the market you're in. It depends on, you know, if you're only going after $100,000 plus properties, you know, it's going to be on the higher end. If you're taking, you know, properties that are doing in the 30,000s, it's going to be a little bit lower typically. Um, it also depends on your brand. We, you know, obviously we, we see some of our partners where they're a brand new brand. It takes a little bit of time to get going. Nobody wants to be the guinea pig, right? Nobody wants to be the first management, uh, you know, uh, property in your management program, right? Uh, you know, so it's sometimes we see a little bit, you know, higher conversions and things like that on more established brands uh, out there. But if you look at, you know, so if you take in these kind of numbers, we, we talked about earlier, right? So you have this outlay of call it like a thousand to three thousand dollars to generate a new property, but the property is going to stay in your rental program for hopefully 10 years, right? And if we use those same numbers as before, you're going to end up making about, you know, assuming a property doing 36K uh, over the lifetime, you're going to make $36,000 over the lifetime. So outlay 1,000 to 3,000, but over 10 years, you make 36K. But remember, Will, when you, if and when you decide to sell your company, you're going to get a check. And we, we did the math before, the average was about $14,000, $14,400 for a property doing 36K. So it's just to me, it is an incredible, you know, payback if you if you actually go through that exercise. And what we're seeing in the LTV, the CAC ratio, again, this is kind of where the we call it like the holy grail of all metrics. We're seeing anywhere between uh, 10 and 20 X uh, is kind of like the ratio uh, that we're, we're shooting for. Wow. I was going to say, uh, I'm glad that you brought up brands because that was actually kind of a, um, a, a question in the back of my mind. With all the clients that you guys are working with, you know, property managers that are onboarding with Vintory, how, I don't know how to phrase this without being like too, I'm a big brand guy. So like, I'm all about proper logo, proper website, none of this, like some, like sometimes I go on websites and look like they were made in 1995 and they never changed. Um, so how important does that add to not only just your property contract inventory value that you, you can use to, you know, up when you go through an exit, um, but how big does brand have on the impact of a sale of a business in the in the space? Well, it, first off, just on the the acquisition of new inventory from a, a, a homeowner, right? I mean, you think about it, a website is the new storefront, right? That is your brand. That is a reflection of you. If you go to a, a website and you're thinking about putting your property in their rental program, and it looks like it was built in the '90s, you know what I mean? It looks like you know the pictures are outdated. Um, that's a reflection of the brand. I mean, I would be turned off immediately and I would not sign up my property into that rental program if I see it. So the first thing to do is update that website. Again, this is a reflection of who you are. Um, I mean, this, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, um, 
you know, and then you want to just, you know, obviously, you know, it, it's two parts to it, right? It's the, the reflection of that brand, but it's also what are the parts within your uh, brand? What are the parts within your rental program that make up who you are, right? We talk, this is one of the coaching sessions we do whenever we onboard a new partner. It's we go through that. We want to, we want to reduce friction, you know, in the buying process. Like what can you do to make it as easy as possible? So it's not only just about great marketing, right? You got to have the, the, the program to back it up, right? How can you, I mean, I see a lot of property management companies. They, they, they make it more difficult and more challenging to sign up into a program. So again, you want to reduce that friction. You want to make it easy. And, you know, for example, a couple of things like long-term, what are the things you can do that kind of eliminate that friction in the buying process? So like eliminate startup fees. I mean, some people are putting these crazy startup fees in there and I understand why they do it. But if you, if you look at how much that property is going to make you over the life and they're choosing between two different companies and you've got a $500 startup fee or a thousand dollar startup fee and the other company doesn't, they're probably going to go with, there's a high probability they're going to go with that other company. So reduce those uh, barriers when you're um, in your rental program. Here's the thing. We ask this question all the time. It's, you know, uh, what happens if a, if a, if a property owner decides to get out of the the contract, are you going to let them out? They usually say they have a year contract, a two-year contract, something like that. If somebody for, wants to get exit your uh, rental program, are you going to let them out? They're like, yeah, of course, it's not worth it. Well, wow. then why do you put why do you put a long-term contract in there? Eliminate the friction, right? Make it as easy as possible. Again, it's called it's risk reversals. The best risk, I tell you what, Evolve launched this uh, new risk-free guarantee program, where I and I'm uh, see if I can remember it. It was they will give you a refund of all of your fees. They will give you a refund. You want to, (laughs) they'll give you a refund of all your fees um, up to six months. Uh, And it's, it's amazing, right? Like you can cancel for any time and they'll give you a refund. Um, And it's, it just, to me, it's like, you know, what do you have to lose? Right. It's not, are are you seeing property managers just take away the, 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 minimum commitment of a year? Are they just saying, Hey, it's month to month, um, 30 day out clause. What, what's that look like? We, we are, if they're, if they're giving them out, letting them out anyways, we, absolutely. Right. Yeah. We're, we're seeing them, uh, eliminate that. And why not? You know, if you're, if you're going to let them out of the contract anyways, you might as well, uh, you might as well do it. And again, evolves a new guarantee to me. It's, it's a great risk reversal. If I were to go through that pitch, I could see their business development person selling that going yeah. over all the highlights of the rental program. And they say, look, and if, if, if for any reason, after six months, you're not happy, you can cancel at any time. We'll give you a full refund of all the management fees charged. Now, if you read the fine print, this is where it gets interesting. I believe it's only from six months to seven months. Uh, you know, you have to you have to cancel at that point. And you think about it, you probably haven't ramped up a ton of uh, cash at that point, uh, you know, or reservations in those those early months anyway. So it's, you know, or you're probably sitting on a, a whole ton of reservations. So you don't want to walk away from them either. So to me. Uh, I would uh, I would go to the you know and and mimic that uh, if I were starting a management company right now 100% I would duplicate that uh, that guarantee that risk reversal. That's literally something I'm going to talk to my business partner today and be like, hey, we got to talk about this. Well, That's look, a- here's yeah. what's going to happen. Well, sorry to interrupt, but you're look, you're- you are going to have to refund one or two, right? It's going to happen, and but the from one person would look at it, oh my gosh, we had to refund the, these fees. But you know what? We just signed up 20 extra properties. What's the lifetime value of those 20 extra properties? It is the biggest no-brainer ever done, you know? 100%. And it just makes sense. And the more I think about it, because like we we always kind of talk about the, the the art of convenience, right? You, you said make it so easy 
Um, and one of my friends, uh, I think you know her too, uh, Brittany um, from Breathe Easy Rentals out in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talks about, you know, we overcomplicate things so much um, in our industry. Like you just said, you, know, like you did your quarterly review. How many script subscription platforms did you have that maybe, I don't know if you, you probably do need them, but uh, how many of them do you think you didn't need? Like so many people just sign up for everything and they just add all this new stuff to make it, you know, thinking it's going to help their business, but really they're just complicating their whole operation. Um, and so if you can make it that easy, might as well. And you have a, I have a random question. Uh, yeah. I never actually talked about it on a, on a podcast, but you know, we've been seeing the rise of crypto and NFTs and web three and all this other stuff. And we're seeing a little bit of talk in the industry. Uh, I'm curious, do you think management contracts will go into an NF- NFT format at all? Um, I just, I don't know if that's anything you, you know, you dabble in, but. It, you know, like know, uh, know where your strengths are. And I've really, I've not done, I've just dabbled a little bit here in uh, some Bitcoin and some other, you know, crypto, but it's not, uh, not really my wheelhouse, but I do think there is going to be uh, some interesting things coming, uh, you know, with, uh, with web three, that's for, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah. Just something we ta- kind of talked about. We had uh, Luca um, from uh, trips community on, on our other podcast a while ago. And, it sent me down a, a big spiral and rabbit hole. So <laughs> it was like something like, oh, can we make a management contract that's, you know, you know, NFT? But uh, it's, uh, yeah, pretty far out there, mm-hmm. uh, at least for, for us. But no, this was really cool. Um, so I guess the last question that I like to have, ask every guest is uh, where can people find you? What's the one, one you know, shameless shout out plug that you want to give? Yeah. So obviously uh, our website, Ventory.com or uh, follow us on LinkedIn where we put, push out a ton of content, ton nice. of information uh, on LinkedIn. If you go to our, our website, we have tons of webinars and, and videos and training things. And we're actually building out actually a training course right now for free for everybody. And again, our our goal and our mission from the beginning is to help every single vacation rental manager uh, grow and scale their, their inventory. I love it. I love it. That's so good. And I, I think we were talking about the the topic of today's episode. And I was like, oh, I think didn't we talk about this on the first episode? But no, you guys are pushing out so much content on LinkedIn that I'm absorbing and watching that I thought we did, but we didn't. And so it was great to, to be like, oh, yeah, that's why. That's a good problem to have. You know, the amount of content, content is so invaluable in, in this uh, this day and age. And especially in our industry, there's no one really talking about inventory and, and the value of a contract the way you guys are and putting it out. So I uh, just want to say thank you so much for, you know, one, doing a deep dive on the podcast, but then two, just continue to push out that value uh, throughout the industry as you guys do. It's been incredible yeah. to watch. My pleasure. And thanks for thanks for having me on the show. Will, let's uh, let's do it again. Amen. Let's do it. All right. You heard it first here. Slick Talkers. Go ahead. Check out everything in the show notes. So that way you can like and subscribe everything Ventory. And of course, listen to the first episode that we did uh, not too long ago in 2021. And we'll see you guys all again next week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.
What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.